Yesterday was even more powerful, amen? Amen, because we never read the Bible. I gave out books yesterday. <laughs> amen, gave out books yesterday. I hope you're going to be reading. I mean, what starts with the books, amen? Amen, hallelujah. How's it going so far? Powerful. Amen, hallelujah. Amen. Migu uh, got sweet influence of the anointing. Uh, Miguel, so you must come out anointed, eh? Yes. You must come out on fire. They, in that book over there, it talks about the, the different influences in your life. Amen. So come out, come out on fire. Hallelujah. Brother Charles is coming out married after he reads that book. Model marriages. I, I prophesy you, you coming out married. Hallelujah. Hey, Annabelle just moved away from him like that. <laughs> I said he's coming out married. Bella, she was sitting close. She just moved a chair like that. Oh, not me. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Ali, you must read that book next, eh? You're going to read that book next, eh? You must just swap books, amen? You'll come out married as well in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> I told you when the church grows to a certain extent, I'm just going to say single people, single ladies decide, single male decides, pick, choose, and refuse. Hallelujah. Pick, choose, and refuse. Hallelujah. Amen. Why think about it properly? I don't want none of my daughters to marry someone outside. You know why? That means you're going to have to leave the church and go to your husband's church. So you sisters, you must pray for the, the men to come to church. Say, Lord, let my husband come to JCMI if you haven't seen him yet. Or maybe you have seen him and you're scared to, you know, you waited for him to make the first move and stuff. But say, Lord, let my husband come to JCMI so that I don't have to leave my church and go somewhere else. Hallelujah. Amen. Melissa prayed hard. Amen. Look, this is in church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. When November you get married, huh? November? December. December you get married. You see, your husband's in church. So now, this is not taking it to another church. Hallelujah. Right, yeah, amen, hallelujah. Hey, some, but sometimes some, some woman got power, I tell you. I say, to, I say to people, women are a weapon, I tell you. They are a weapon. Because sometimes a woman will influence the man to stay in, in her church. But it should be the other way. But the woman will like, mm -mm, I'm not leaving. If you want to marry me, you better join JCMI. So that must be maybe your first, uh, your first when you're dating. And he's saying, hey, I want to marry you. Say, I don't mind marrying you, but let's settle this one thing first. We are members of JCMI. If you want to marry me, just know that you're going to be a member of JCMI. Yes. So if you still want to marry me, up to you. But just know that we're going to be members of JCMI. Hallelujah. Amen. I can see some of you are not happy. You're like, no, Paul, I'm going to my husband. You know why I'm saying that? There's... There's actually, uh, I was talking to, I think I was talking to Brother Emmanuel. There's a married man, born again, born again believer and stuff. His wife is Catholic. He goes to the Catholic church. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just talking about the power of the woman. Yes. 
The power, he wants to be in a Pentecostal church, but he's following his wife. The power of a woman. You women, you are weapons, I'm telling you. Weapons. Weapons. So you either be a blessing or you'll be used as an instrument of war. Hallelujah. Hey, may you be a blessing in Jesus' name. Daniel 7.25, amen. Are you there? Amen. We had to change the whole seating so that the live recording for Facebook is straight. When you look at the recording, even for, we're going to do DVDs now. Can you remember you blessed us with DVDs? And we only used like maybe three or four of those DVDs. So we trust in God that now with the DVDs you can... I don't know, who, who got a DVD player at home? They got a DVD player, DVD player. Oh, okay, cool. At least there's some of us that still got DVD players, amen? Uh, I don't have a DVD player. <laughs> at least some of us got DVD players. PlayStation, oh, okay, yeah, that's, yeah, so. Okay, cool, so all the DVDs, Colleen blessed us with the DVDs. We never paid for it, so there's not going to be no charge when you want the DVD preaching, amen? So, like I said, the gospel is free, amen. We don't charge for the gospel, hallelujah. So, Colleen blessed us nicely, so why must I charge you, amen, hallelujah. So, unless if we are maybe making the, what's this thing called, the covers and all that, then there's an expense that we are paying, I'll charge you. Maybe that fee or whatever, but there's no expense. Even the audio preaching, no, no price on that, amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is free, hallelujah, amen. So, Make sure you, like Ricardo today, came with his phone and he put some preaching on his phone, amen, just to listen to. Hallelujah. It's a good thing, amen. So even while you are praying, you can listen. This is what I do with Bishop Dag. I put the earphones in. While he's preaching, I listen. Hallelujah. Uh, are you in Daniel 7.25? How many of us had limited Facebook today or limited WhatsApp? Anybody limited? Oh, you always limited, right? <laughs> you limited a little, okay? Oh, you got no phone, so <laughs> anybody else that made a decision to limit? No, no Facebook, uh, WhatsApp, okay? Because I saw, I saw in Sister Melissa, not Melissa, this Melissa, the other Sister Melissa. Uh, she says, "Hey, I think I need to remove WhatsApp because WhatsApp is becoming too much." Yes, so you must limit. So read more. And stay away from WhatsApp a bit, amen, hallelujah. Daniel 7.25, let's get into the word of God. I've got 10 minutes or so. Um, I'm sure we can stay behind and have some coffee and stuff, right? So, and he shall speak great words against the most high. I think over here he's talking about the Antichrist, right? And he shall weigh out the saints. He shall weigh out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and a times and the dividing of times. Now, I'm not talking to you about the Antichrist tonight, okay? Um, this prophecy was with regards to what is to come. But the scripture says over here that the enemy will wear out the saints. Will wear out the saints. Another word for wear out is he will frustrate the saints. Amen. So one of the agendas of Satan for your life is to wear you out. How many of us have heard this statement, my tired is my tired? My tired. Say again. 
My child is tired. Not my child is my child. Mm. Hey, you'll know these things. Eh? I thought my child is my child. My child is tired. Oh, my child is tired. So I'm tired and I'm, my, it's even tired. Hey, that's deep, Elisa. <laughs> that's deep, man. Yo, so can you imagine if your child is tired, it means that you have you worn yourself out completely. Have you ever, I don't know, maybe the men that or anybody, you go to work and you come back from work. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to, you just want to go to the bed. You don't even want to have a bath. Okay, now don't act like you like to, you don't even want to have a bath. It's like all you just want to do is lay on the bed and sleep and wait for the next morning to come and it starts again because you're tired, is your, yeah. So, the enemy, yes, the enemy does everything in his power to make you worn out. Yes. And one of the reasons why he, he, he wears you out is because so that you would have no energy and life in you to do what God wants you to do. So he'll make you very tired. Tired about life. Tired in your finances. Tired in your relationships tired with your friends, tired with your family, it wears you out. And one of the reasons when you are worn out, you can't effectively serve. You can't effectively do the work of God. Why? Because you are tired. You are worn out. And most of us get into that place. And when we get it, Brother Emmanuel, I'm not sure if you can. There's a light here. You might have to just put it in the room for Caroline, please, man. The light in my office because it's, I know there's no light in that room. So the enemy wears you out. And most of the times what happens when he wears you out, Sister Zaini, it's either you're going to go into uh, alcohol, you're going to go into drugs, you're going to go do the wrong thing. Why? Because you're tired. Have you ever seen somebody that's tired or just fed up with life? They're like, hey, I'm tired. Hey, I just need a cigarette. You understand? I just need to smoke. And then they go and smoke. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm not feeling right. I'm, I'm depressed. Hey, I'm not, I'm not okay. And then they go and drink. Is the enemy wore you out to a certain extent where you feel like you needed to go and do these things? And that's why when you are under pressure or when you go through a lot of stuff in your family or in your house, it's the enemy's intention to lead you to a place where you can sin. When he wears you out, to the place where you can sin. And he has, this is what the scripture says in, in Daniel. The scripture says, and he had power, I think it is. The scripture says here that he was, he was given into his hand until a time and a times. So you get given when, you, when Satan wears you out. It's like, because your spirit is not alert, you're not, like when we were talking about last night, we are talking about being woke, being alert, being sober, being vigilant. So when you are tired, you are being given into his hands for him to do what he wants to do in a time and a times. So that's why the scripture talks about when the Bible says that when Satan came for Jesus and the Bible says Satan left him for a season. You understand? Satan cannot permanently frustrate you. He can only do it for a season. And once you, you start to feel that something has lifted from your life, that's why I said to you, that we are in a constant battle. 
Because Satan will leave you only for a season. Have you ever felt like you were spiritually strong and spiritually high? And then all of a sudden afterwards you feel like now Satan is attacking you again. Because Satan left you for a season. Because why you frustrated his work. But because we are always in a spiritual battle. We are constantly fighting. We are constantly doing the work of God. Or we are constantly trying to progress. We are always going to fight. We read in Timothy what? Fight the good fight the good fight so you're going to constantly fight the good fight i like the scripture that says since the days of john the baptist the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence and it's the violent that take it by force it's been suffering violence. yeah if you think if you think i'm telling lies the bible says and war broke out in heaven war broke out in heaven imagine there's a war in heaven a place where you think there's supposed to be peace the scripture says war broke out. Please come and share on the mic. Because it's recording and it's gonna so it doesn't leave that gap for silence. Okay, on my way home, I was in the taxi, so I was having a conversation with myself in my head. And I'm saying to myself, Hey the way I'm so tired. I don't think I'm gonna make it today. So I'm, I'm saying to myself, no, but I have to go, I have to go. As I got here to uh, Palm Springs, I saw Brother Charles and them walking in. So <laughs> I'm saying, my gosh, I think Brother Charles and them just came back from work. If he can make it, I'm sure I can make it. Now I said, let me go down to the shop. So I go down to the shop. <laughs> I get down to the shop, there's Brother Lyle and them sitting there. It's like God is saying, no, girl, you're definitely going. <laughs> so he, he brought me up and he chopped me off here at the top. And I went inside. I said, hey, if I sit down, the devil is going to change my mind. I said, let me just leave my stuff. And I came back, uh, came up. So you see, I had to talk myself into coming. So it's not an easy thing. Hey, amen. Let's give a hand for coming. Hallelujah. Yes. The scripture says, do you know that song? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy is never come to an end. They are new. Yes, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Yeah, something like this. But then there's a part that says, We'll be blessed because we care. You want to say something to Brother Charles? Or say he's like, yes, I'll be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, so just because you came, you'll be blessed. That's what the scripture talks about. How good and how pleasant it is when brethren come together in unity. He says, there God commands a blessing. Amen. So you can, now you can imagine if you look at yourself now, if you look at you, you were having a war. There was a battle between your flesh and the, and the spirit. And even though you could not see it, the, the spirit is saying, let's, let's, let's encourage her to say that she must go. Let's align ourselves and make her see, Brother Charles. Oh, yes. Oh, nothing just happens, guys. Nothing just happens. So in, at the background, there was a spiritual activity that was taking place that she would meet Charles and she would be encouraged that she would come. Yes, I'm telling you. 
because nothing just happened. So that war that was going on, even though she was saying, no, the Spirit of God knew that they were winning this battle, she'll see Charles. But even if she's not convinced by Charles, we are a liar, we'll make a meet liar. Yes, and lie will bring her right here so that she can be blessed because she came. So there was a war going on. And sometimes we don't see, you see the thing is that we don't see the activity that is happening behind us spiritually. We don't see the, even the enemies that are trying to fight you spiritually. A couple of years ago, there was a certain man of God. He comes from a sermon and he was preaching powerfully. Preaching the word of God. People were touched. Miracles were happening. As he was walking home, because he never had a vehicle, it was raining. Raining, lightning, and thunder, and you know, everything. The agents of the enemy had determined at that time that he's going to walk past a certain tree. This is now Satan agents. I don't know if you know about agents, demonic agents and stuff. They had determined that that tree was going to strike and it was going to hit him down. So as he walked, talk, 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 that tree was gone. But what he did, he was singing hymns to God. And he was praying in the spirit as he was walking. Even though he was wet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's singing and he's praising God, praising God and stuff. I mean, I tell you, and the agents, not him, but the agents of the enemy said it was like some force, invisible force, pushed him to the moment where we commanded the tree like to hit him. There was a force that pushed him angels came and pushed him out of the way but this man didn't even know what was happening or what was taking place but he was saved ah, if you think about all that you should have been dead long time the accidents the accidents that should have happened there was a spiritual force behind it protecting you ah, I don't think you'll understand that thing there was a spiritual force protecting you God's hand was over your life even if you ask yourself the question, how come they never rob my house? Or how come I never get raped? Oh, you understand what I'm trying to say? Ah, there's something, something protecting you. Something protecting you. I remember as a young boy, yo, I tell you, we were in an accident, a bad accident. People died. Came out of that accident with not even a scratch. Even though I was young, I didn't understand. There was something spiritually that was protecting me. There was a spiritual force. So we have to live our lives. We have to get to a place in God where we become aware of what's happening spiritually around us. We have to. We have to. Because that's why the scripture says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if we are not fighting our friends and our families, who then are we fighting? But the reason why we are losing is because we can't see what we are fighting. Yes. There's someone, somebody that caused frustration in your life. But you saw that person, so you were fighting that person. But you never see the spiritual activity that brought that frustration. So you were fighting actually the wrong person. So when I fight you, Sister Zaini, how can you talk to me like this here? How can you do that? How can you gossip? How can you blah, 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 a whole long story. And I deal with Sister Zaini. Satan's about to say, 
<laughs> just look, hey, I'm so wise. I just made them fight each other. They don't know that I was responsible. He's laughing at you. Laughing at churches, laughing at pastors that fight one another. <laughs> look at them. They're supposed to be serving God. They're supposed to understand spiritual things. Just check that out. I caused the frustration, but now they're fighting each other. Imagine that. So the spiritual activity around that is crazy. That's why even when people, people do the most to you or hurt you in some way, be a spiritual man. Don't fight them. Don't fight your family. Don't fight your friends. Don't fight your mothers. Don't fight them. It's a spiritual activity that is taking place. Just look and say, I identify you, Satan. Say again. <laughs> what she said? Oh, she said, I identify you, Satan. Yes, I identify you. So I'm not going to give you what you want. You want me to fight this person. I'm taking the different way out. Your spirit that has come to cause frustration in this home, cause mother to fight against daughter, son to fight against father. I bind you and I command you out. And then you go to the person, and guess what? I love you, huh? Ooh, guess what? Hey, I got you. What happens? You just. I mean like you put like fire on Satan's chest because in that moment he thought he would have won the battle he thought you would have done what you normally do when you fight frustrated close the door walk out now you can see this invisible enemy that is working behind the scenes to frustrate your life and all you just do is like not today, devil, not today, not today, not today. My eyes are open. I see the invisible forces. So that's why I'm saying we have to live in the in a consciousness of the spirit all the time. Your spiritual eyes have to be open all the time. You have to be alert in the spirit. Because what you think is somebody doing something against you, it's actually a spiritual force behind it to frustrate you. To do what? To wear you out. And when you are worn out and when you are tired, most of the times we react in the flesh. Yes. When somebody makes you angry, the first thing that you have to do, you raise your voice, you shout, you scream, you get angry. Some of us, F, B, C, D, what's the other one? <laughs> we use all the alphabets, we'll find letters to swear with every alphabet. You even got a swear word for Z. You look for something, you make up something for Z. Why? Because you are angry in that moment. Oh, he's in his, he, got, he got you in his hands for a time because he wore you out. He'll make you smoke. He'll make you drink. Yes, there was a, there was a man, his name was Johnny. He was my neighbor. Yeah, when I was saying from my mom, he says that, I'll die if I don't drink. If I don't drink, I'll die. Because he has consumed alcohol so much in his life, he felt like if he didn't drink, he would die. 
the devil is a liar. The enemy has worn him out and frustrated him. His wife passed away. Life is not okay for him. All that he does is drink, 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 drink. He thinks that's how he can live, that's how he'll survive. Enemy got him to a place where he's worn out, where this sin has now just overwhelmed his life, taken over his life. That's where the enemy wants to get you, to bring you out so that that can happen to you. And for some of us, it might not be alcohol. Some of us, it might not be cigarettes. Some of us, it might be something else. Some of us, you might just throw a tantrum. I don't know. Might just be angry. I don't know what it is. But he got you to that place where he wore you out, where you're like, I'm sick of you. I'm tired of you. And then something, then there's a response. And most of the time, that response is not a spiritual response. That response is a demonic response. <laughs> I'm telling you something. Are you still with me? Amen. So it's part of the enemy's plan to oppose you. Right? Matthew chapter 16. We'll read this verse and we'll close. Is that okay? Matthew chapter 16 verses 21 to 22. So the first invisible enemy that we, we spoke about or how the enemy attacks us or the, the assignments. We're talking about 10 assignments of the enemy. The first one we said is resistance and opposition. The second one is frustration to wear you out. And the third one that I'm going to be sharing with you now is blocking people, blocking people. Okay? Matthew, 20, Matthew 16, 21 to 22. The scripture says, from that time forth, uh, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Be far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. So Peter did what? Pulled him aside and rebuked him and said, you cannot go and suffer many things. So, one of the, the plans of the enemy is when God wants you to do certain things or God wants you to serve him or God wants you to work for him, the enemy will cause people to come and block you and stuff. See, people for, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever had, I think I spoke to you about it the other day, when I was in Bible, when I was about to go into Bible college, my uncle called me and he says, are you foolish? Are you serious? Bible college, really? Could do a trade. What he was doing, he was blocking me. So sometimes you want to do certain things for God and the people around you will block you. Sometimes you would want to fast and the people around you will block you. You want to go and pray, but the people around you will block you. You want to give a certain amount to the Lord, but the people around you will block you. <laughs> you want to fellowship with brethren, maybe start a home sale in your house, but the people around you will block you. So you must be careful of people that come into your life that operate like Satan 
that whenever you want to do something effective for God or whenever you want to achieve something for God, be careful of those people that will come into your life and be blockers. You, you heard that? Uh, be careful of blockers because the assignment is to allow you not to go through what you have to go through for what God has called you for. There was a certain gentleman that I was advising to open, um, he, he did all the training and stuff. I was advising him to open a security company and I was just telling him what he needs to do and stuff because I've been in the security industry for a long time. So I was just telling him, hey, this is what you must do. This is the procedures, the protocol and stuff. And the people in his life blocked him because they never see how practical it is for somebody that was, somebody that, uh, is not working to open a security company with no clientele, with no practical experience, uh, and he's just going to open a company. So they blocked him, and up until today, he's, he's not opened his security security company. However, though he's working somewhere, maybe as like a general assist. I think he was a general assistant. You understand what I'm saying? So what happened? God wanted him to achieve some form of success, to do something great that has never been done in his family, that has never been done in his life. And then all of a sudden, people come into your life and they block you. People come into your life and say, you can't achieve it. You can't do it. Maybe in your family, no one gets married. And then somebody comes to wants to marry you. And then someone in your family say, that person is wasting your time. Meantime, that person is a good person. What they're doing, they're blocking you. It's a godly person, but they're blocking you. Why? Because no one in our family has rose to it. So what is the enemy doing? The enemy is blocking, causing people to block you. Indirectly, he's blocking you. But he'll cause people to come and speak these words. When it's somebody that you know that blocks you, most of the time you are likely to take their advice or you're most likely to heed to what they are saying. But that person has opened themselves up, whether it be a brother, whether it be a sister, whether it be a family member, that person has opened themselves up to demonic spirits and allow those spirits to come and block you from doing what God has put in your heart to do what God has put in your spirit to do. But today in the name of Jesus, may the Lord open your eyes to everyone that will block you from achieving something great for God. I know that even as I'm talking now, I can sense in my spirit, there's some of you that have desires to do business. Some of you have desires to do certain things, great things. But it's either somebody had told you or some friend has told you or some family member has told you or some businessman advised you they were sent by the devil to block you they were sent by satan to tell you that you cannot do it it's not achievable but today may you recognize those blockers if you look in your life of what god or what you wanted to do and you haven't yet accomplished it i want you to look in those lives and in your life and start to see those people that Satan sent your way. Don't fight them, please. Don't fight them. See the people that Satan sent your way to block you from achieving what God wants you to achieve. 
I remember when I was starting, I wanted to start the church. I wanted to start the church a long time. There was blockers in my way. People blocking me. No, you can't. You need to have this. You need to have that. You need to go to Bible college. You need a covering. You need this. You need that. All they were doing, they were becoming blockers. Good friends of mine told me when I, when I started the church, they said that, oh, he's, he started the church because he wants money blockers so then i stopped i didn't want i didn't start the church because i wanted to prove the blockers wrong <laughs> yes yes when i when i left when i left durban christian center they they said that uh they that the rumor went around number one first i stole a generator ah how can a thief open the church they blocked me so i felt like i couldn't you know felt like i couldn't do the work of god I'm not fighting with them. I have no issues with none of them whatsoever. However, though, only now when I look at it and I look at ministry and stuff, I see how the enemy were putting blockers in my way. People to block me from doing the work of God. Then the rumor, then the rumor went around and stuff that while I was in the church, they said while I was in the church, hey, I was a womanizer. I was messing around with all the women and what they were doing, they were blocking me. They were blocking me. Never touched no one besides my wife in the church. But they were blocking me. So now, how can you go and listen to a womanizer? Oh, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. So the enemy will use people to come into your life. And they use these things to come. So what? So that you can be blocked. They'll make up stories about you that you were a thief. And then now that story goes around. You feel it in you like, ah, I can't. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You become a blocker. Like, Candace, even for you, I'll even use this as like a prophetic word and stuff. Even for you, it's people have blocked you. But I feel in my spirit, it's time now that you expand and you even open shop. Find a place and, and, and all the blockers that say it cannot be. It's impossible. How can you do it? It's unachievable. Cut them loose and say never it is achievable. I can do it. So recognize those blockers that Satan is using them and then afterwards ignore them and deal with that spirit. Amen? Are you learning something tonight? Amen. So, number one, Satan will come and uh, what's the first one? He will bring resistance in your life and he'll oppose you. Number two, resistance and oppose is the same thing. Number two, he'll frustrate you and wear you out. And number three, he'll send people in your life to block you from achieving what God wants you to achieve. It's like one day you say, I'm going to church. Somebody say, you're always in church. Blocker. Yeah. Blocker. Make up a song. I don't want no blocker. In Make up a song. I don't want no blocker in my life. I don't want no blockers in my life. All blockers leave in Jesus' name. They won't know what you're saying. They won't know what you're saying. As they say that, Lord, I bind every blocker. They must be thinking you're talking about building or something. Just say, I bind every blocker. Every blocker, I bind you. 
they won't know. It's better than calling him the devil. Eh? Yeah, because if you say, hey, devil get behind me, they'll be like, Lord, I bind this blocker in the name of Jesus. The blocker in the form of your mother, the blocker in the form of your father, the blocker in the form of your friends, the blocker in the form of your partner. Oh, blockers. So that you don't achieve what God. Remember Bella spoke about the other day. She said that even sometimes your boyfriend will not even tell you to not go to church or to not worship God. He says, but because you were intimate and because you were sinning automatically, without him even saying anything, you just lose the fire and the zeal and stuff. However, though, you must understand that that person was a blocker. Without saying he was a blocker. Amen. Ah, we must identify these blockers. I hope your eyes are opening to certain things. My eyes are opening to certain things, amen. Start to see certain things that, hey, the enemy tried to frustrate, he tried to resist here, tried to oppose here, and he used people to block. To block, to block, to block. It's like when I, when I even the, the thought of a second church, one pastor came to me and said, don't. Until you see yourself in someone, until you, I see myself in somebody, then open another church. Since if you don't see yourself in somebody, don't open another bad advice. Yes. But it blocked me. So I was trying to pour myself, pour myself, pour myself, pour myself, pour myself. Oh, you would you would you would catch the anointing when you do the work, it's fine. You will catch it, you will see the seed. So then I realized that, ah, okay, I see. This is a blocker. May nobody block you in the name of Jesus. May you achieve greatness. May you do the work of the ministry. So Satan wanted to block Jesus through a disciple that Jesus loved. Through his disciple. He called him aside. He says, I rebuke you. You can't go. You can't suffer. And it was prophetically that Jesus had to suffer. But there was a blocker preventing him from suffering. And even some of us, we play blockers in some people's lives. Yes. We have to allow them to suffer, to go through certain things. Don't always try and rescue everybody. Yes. You, don't, you see, for example, somebody comes to you, they're always saying, hey, give me money, give me money. And every time, I need money for bread, you're pulling out bread. They come next, bread. Oh, let them suffer. Their suffering is going to continue like that until you let them go and let them suffer. You blocking them from going through what they need to go through. Jesus had to go and stuff. He said, I'll be handed over. They said, no, you can't. He, I think it was, was it Paul? Paul, they prophesied to Paul. A prophet came and he says, I see him. He tied Paul with a belt. And he says, this man, I see him being bound, put in prison. And they thought that, the, because they saw the vision, that Paul must stay. Paul says, no, I must go. I must go and preach Christ. And yes, he was in prison. I don't know if I'm explaining the story right. Yes, he was in prison. Even though the prophetic word came. The prophetic word that you will be tied, you will be bound. Paul never said, okay, I'm going to stay at home. The Lord told me to go. You saw it, then it means it must happen to me. Yeah. Do you understand? Next stanza, please, amen.
Elizabeth, they are, as we spoke in our Lotus Show, there are certain things that you must go through. You can't pray it out, you can't fast it out. And God is saying, I must tell you that once you learn your lessons in the search, I don't know what it's talking about, you would probably know. Once you learn your lessons in certain things that he's trying to teach you through what you go through, because then you would only get victory. But if you, you feel that it's an injustice, it's not fair, because most of the time when we go through stuff, we always think that it's not fair. We think that we're not supposed to go through it. Like suffering is taken out of the gospel, like we never supposed to suffer who told you that who lied to you and said that you are never to suffer suffering is part of the gospel jesus christ suffered and this the grace message and this this message that people always say it's a it's a deceiving message it's deceptive to tell you the believer that you will not suffer because jesus suffered who told you that it's lies from the pit of hell I realize that the moment you accepted Christ, you started, you entered into the walk of God, you have opened yourself up for suffering. So when you feel like you don't suffer, you would think that what's happening to you is an injustice. You'll bind and bind and bind for 12, 13 years, 20 years, 50 years, you'll bind because you don't understand that this is what you must go through. So you're fighting wrong fights because you're like, I can't be suffering. Me, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. How can I suffer? Oh, don't go to the toilet yet. I'm still talking to you. Don't go to the toilet yet. I'm a child of God. Why must I suffer? Why must I go through what I'm going through? But God is saying you, you must go through it. It's not an injustice. As you learn from it, you're going to see what, what will come out of you, Elizabeth. You'll see the gem and the diamond you are. You, you, you might even question, hey God, this is too much for me. It's unbearable. God says, learn the lessons in that. Learn what I'm trying to do to you in that. And when you learn what I'm trying to do to you in that, you'll see. The Bible says it pleased God to see Jesus suffer. It pleased him. I was, I was, I was upset with that scripture. How can we please God to see Jesus suffer? Please him to see what the, the pain, the nails, the thorns, the betrayal, the hurt. The son of man had no place, didn't have a place to stay. Couldn't pay taxes. He had to go to a fish and bring the money out of the fish. He had no money. He suffered. He, had, he became poor. The Bible says he became poor. He, poverty was his nature. Poverty was, he didn't even have a proper birth. Because his parents also had no money. So he suffered. And the scripture says it pleased the Lord to see him suffer. Jesus was happy. God was happy, sorry, that Jesus was suffering. Not like, oh, okay, look at that. No. Because he, he knew the end results of the suffering. That's why he was pleased. He knew that you would be here. So it's fine that they betray him. Zane is going to be here. It's fine that they beat him. This is going to get saved. It's fine. The whole world will get saved. The blood that will be shed would be for the forgiveness of the whole world. And so the Bible says it pleased the Lord to see him suffer. It's like when your child falls, for example, 
you look at a distance from far, even as a mother, you, you feel, I'm sure God felt it. As a mother, you, you, you feel, but you're like, no, he must. Let him get hurt a bit. Let him, let him get hurt. It pleases you. Why? Because you are making a, a boy a man. Yes. Because if you are always there, oh, you fell. Oh, oh, you fell. Oh. When he's faced with real problems, when you are not there, he won't be able to survive. Because why? You were always there. You were always there. And you would do more harm to him by helping him out of every predicament that he's in. He won't be able to stand on his own two feet. So the scripture says, please the Lord to see him suffer. Bishop Dagenham sent, Bishop Dag sends his son. I'm, I'm still speaking to you, Elizabeth. Bishop Dag sends his son to boarding school at a young age. What parent sends their children to boarding school to go primary school, high school, university? Because there's something that he's learning in boarding school that him as a father would not be able to teach him. How to make a proper bed. Treat him discipline and stuff because of the busy schedules and stuff. He might miss certain, so he sends him to boarding school. Those boys are proper. Those boys are disciplined. They're fine men. In Ghana, if you go to Ghana, you find most of the parents send their children to a boarding school. Because of the fine men, they come out when they finish boarding school. Was it nice not to see your child? Is it nice that you see your child only on holidays? Not a nice thing. But they knew that if he goes through this boarding school, he's going to come out right. So the first day, uh, Bishop's wife says, the boys were shouting at her son, screaming at him. And the boy said, what's happening? The, the mother also, what happened? No, mommy, don't, don't say nothing. The mother's heart was sore. And Bishop Dag, Bishop Dag laughed. Bishop Dag laughed. He said, no, let him go through it. It wasn't easy. So Elizabeth, the father in heaven, he sees what you're going through. It's not that he doesn't care about your feelings. It's not that he doesn't care what you're going through. I must allow it to go through it. But most of the times we try to take ourselves out of it and we don't go through the process and we don't become what God wants us to become because we think suffering is not for us. May you learn the nuggets. May you learn what God is trying to teach you in what you are going through so that it can establish you, so that it can make you perfect and so that God can cause you to grow. It's not to kill you. It's to establish you. So don't, don't make it, don't make your five-year journey, don't make your one-year journey a 50-year journey. Don't make a one-year journey a 50-year journey. And most of us suffer like that because we make our one-year journey 50 years. So the same thing you were, the first day you were struggling with, God was trying to teach you something, but you got everybody else to assist you to try and help you. Next year, same thing. Next year. So what was supposed to take a year took 50 years because you never learned a lesson within that year. Mm. Right?
So, so don't, don't say, I don't want to go through the fire, it's too hot. Get, get hot, let it get hot. Because like uh, Lyle was saying, it's refining. Yeah. You're the, what? You're the refiner, purifier. I want to be close to you. I want to be tried like fire. You're easy to sing. Easy to sing. You take whatever you desire. Lord, yes, my life. I want to be, now today you will go home and listen to the song properly. I want to be tried like, ah, amen. <laughs> amen. Or even go to YouTube and go look at it and see. Just go, go see how metal goes to the process. YouTube will show you as well. Powerful. Now, yeah, powerful, amen. YouTube got everything, amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands, amen. I just, I'm just going to say what I hear. I'm not going to try and exaggerate it. The Lord said he's going to give you beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. May you receive beauty for ashes. Like I, I see the Lord restoring it. When I, even when I saw that, I saw him restoring your youth. I saw him restoring your life. Face is gonna be brighter. I saw like, you know, like a whole transformation thing going on and stuff. I saw like a transformation going on in your life. He's giving you beauty for ashes for all the years of pain, all the years of ashes. He's giving you some beauty. May you receive that beauty that comes from the presence of the Lord. Amen. He's going to, like, like the scripture says, they were transfigured. He's going to transfigure your face, amen. Make it what he wants it to be, hallelujah. He's going to transfigure your life. May you walk in the will and the plan and purpose of God for your life. And whatever stands in your way as a blockage, may it be removed. Whatever you are struggling with, whatever you find in hard, may the Lord give you the grace to overcome May you overcome every obstacle and challenge in your life. May you never give up on God. May you always fight, fight to be in the presence of God. Fight to do the will of God. Amidst what you're going through and what you are facing with the kids, what you are facing in the house. May you fight even when you can't see a way out of a situation. May you fight to be in the presence of God. May no situation in your life take you away from God's presence. May the lack of not having anything take you away from God's presence. But rather, may it draw you closer to the presence of God. May you draw you closer to the presence of God. I, I break every spirit of, of, of poverty out of your life. 
I break it out of your life. I break it out of your family. I break it out of you in the name of Jesus Christ. The enemy has robbed you. The enemy has brought these things in your life. But today, in the name of Jesus, we break that curse. And I pray in Jesus' mighty name that God will lift you up. I pray in Jesus' name that God will exalt you. I pray in Jesus' name that he will elevate you as you find yourself in the presence of God, as you find yourself in the house of God. May God lift you up. It won't be easy. It will be tough at times. But may God do it in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I see like, I saw, I don't know, I saw like a, a boy, like a son or something. That God's hand, like, like God's hand is on that boy. It's like, you know that, it's like you as a mother, you look, you look, you look into that, that son and stuff. And, and it's like, you know, like, you know, you've got a golden child. You know, like if you've got like a golden child or something that this is the, this is the person that, ah, this is my boy. He's going to help me out of a lot kind of a thing and stuff like that. I saw somebody like that in your life that this is my, my boy, my golden child. And the Lord says, I must tell you that, that he must also fight to be in the presence of God because the hand of God that is on his life, it's like, I see that, you know, like how Moses was a deliverer for, I see him like being that deliverer for the family and stuff. So it means that the enemies, the enemies watching him to make sure that nothing comes to him. It's like he would, like a door would open, but the door will close. It's like, just, just like that because he's making sure that nothing comes to him because if it comes to him, the family will be blessed. So even he himself, he must be in the presence of God. How old is your son? 25, yeah. You Look at that there. You see now, you see. So it's like, that one day, he must, he must fight. Tell him he must serve God. When he serve God, I mean like, I mean like money will come to him. I see him being like smart in terms of like you know his, his finance like finance with money wisdom and stuff yeah wisdom yeah I saw that too so it's like when please tell him he must be in the presence of God if he can come to church on Sunday if he's around I'll anoint him and pray with him and and warn him that he must serve God not just because of him but because of his family as well yeah. all right now don't go tell him. Just tell him Pastor wants to see. Don't don't tell him this because he could get. You understand? Like you know, yeah. So, just he's not ready for it. I'm telling you that eh, because this is how the Lord showed it to me. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. We call it come close and pray for us. Amen. Amen. This Thursday, Lisa's preaching for us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And in the following Thursday, amen, Brother Charles is preaching for us. Yeah. Hallelujah. And in the following Thursday, I'm going to call you out. Don't worry. I only told Brother Charles now. He's finding out for the first time. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we'll see as we go along. Hallelujah. 
So Thursdays, we are together back, amen, to you guys preaching again, hallelujah, amen. You need to exercise those gifts, amen, hallelujah. Are you ready to preach? You ready to preach? Oh. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can stand in your presence this evening, Lord. Lord, as you know that you gave us your bread this evening, Lord, please let us run with this bread, Lord. Let us digest in our soul, Lord, in our spirit, Lord. Let us, Lord, we also pray for the protection of our families, Lord. And as we go out, Lord, at church, and as we go to work tomorrow morning or school, <coughs> or be at home, Lord, that you will give us divine revelation, Lord, of your word, Lord, that we may increase, Lord. Let, you, let us increase. Uh, us decrease so you can increase, Lord. Lord, we also pray, Lord, that the word that is spoken against our lives, Lord, that we may run into it and fulfill our destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, hallelujah. I don't know what the time is, but if you want some coffee, amen, you're more than welcome to have coffee. The water is hot, hallelujah. <clears throat>